after like 25 states, 15, 16,000 miles, and almost a year on the road, surely we had some places that stood out a little above the others. It was a little hard because we got to visit a lot of cool places, but we have made a top five list of our must visit. Even if you're in a van or a bus or just traveling with your family. Yeah, you just want to take your car there for a day and take it all in because there's a lot to take in in some of these places. We're going to share the goods with you. Buckle up. Hola, amigos. Thank you for tuning in in another episode of Which Direction with me, Maria Jose. And the coolest kid on the block, me, Chase. Or you mean Maria Jose? No, the coolest kid on the block is absolutely me. You can be the second <laughs> coolest kid on the block, but I take the crown. You could be the boy and I can be the girl. Well, I'm still the coolest kid. Whatever. What are we sharing today, Chase? Well, I think... I think some places that we visited deserve a call out, a shout out, if you will. Hashtag mention for your page. I don't know. <laughs> Chase is not very good with social media, which is funny because I feel like he has been getting a little bit better, but it's still not his favorite thing to do. No, I, I despise it to the utmost. It's It's the worst thing ever. So for me to hear him saying like, for you, Paige. Hushug, sheer. <laughs> what else do you say? I don't even remember. But we, we've been talking about this for a little while amongst ourselves, that some of the places that we visited are um, completely outside of the spectrum of, of what a lot of our friends on the road um, have visited. Like, there are some places that are absolute must-go-tos, which we'll talk about one of them. But um, some of the places that, uh, that we visited, no one that, that I know of um, was familiar with the area and truly there wasn't much to do there except for take in untapped completely natural beauty so yeah we got to travel to different places and i will say it was kind of difficult to pick some of our favorites but not at the same time and some of our favorites aren't even places that we had the opportunity to stay overnight at and that's something that we hope to change in the future, that uh, that maybe we can do a little bit more research and uh, and find a safe haven outside of the area, in the area, um, or directly at the locations themselves. Um, so, I think a good start for our list is Camden, Maine. Yeah, Camden, Maine is truly our first destination. And it's one that even though we didn't get the opportunity to... Uh, travel much or spend a ton of time in it's it's a place that completely blew every expectation that i could have set for it out of the water tenfold it was so pretty the time that we went it was september it was not too cold or not too hot it was just such a pretty time i would love to go in the summertime um the time that we went we had to stay in uh campsite with the bus so we did have to spend some money to 
to stay there. But I'm pretty sure we can do some research and see where we can stay for free next time we go. So to give you an idea, Camden is a it's a small city in Maine um, on the coast, and it only has about 5,000 residents. There's a state park there called Camden Hill State Park, which is actually where we stayed. There's a really cool mountain, if you could even really call it that, because I think it's only like five or 600 feet tall, that has an overlook looking over the city, over the little harbor that they have there, and then over the Atlantic Ocean, which is absolutely breathtaking. And to Marioze's point, when we were there in September, the weather was fantastic. In the morning, it was like, you could get away with shorts, you could get away with a dress, as long as you had a nice jacket on, and then by noon, it's time to shed a layer because it's like the perfect temperature. It's funny that you say it's not a mountain, but I just remember being in the bus trying to go to the top of that hill and thinking, oh my God, we're about to die. <laughs> it was so, how do you call that? It, it was steep. I mean, for it to be only five or 600 feet up from where we were actually, I guess, camping, it was, uh, it was a very short distance lengthwise, but you had to go pretty much straight up. It was like being on a roller coaster, going up, 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 and then woo, going down. It was so stressful. But the final result was like so pretty. It was worth it so much because you get to take some cool pictures, sit there, enjoy the breeze. And the time we went, it wasn't that busy. No, it wasn't at all. I can imagine, you know, late spring, early summer being packed. For what it is and, and i'm sure depending on the year the weather is completely different as well i think we just lucked out another thing that i really enjoy about maine was how pretty they will you call it downtown was sure yeah the the just i, I think just the city in general yeah. it, it's not very spread out it was just like a movie set i feel like you can walk everywhere and you have very cool shops and you can just say people enjoy it on the was it a lake no it's the ocean oh wow yeah that's the atlantic ocean so people just enjoying on the ocean there was a dog jumping into the ocean grabbing them toy it was just like a very would you say family setting Oh, for sure. And, and picturesque. And, and it's it's completely different than a lot of the places that we went afterwards. But imagine this. The 1700s. A painting. People lounging on a grassy hillside. Looking off into the water, there are boats. Everywhere. Everyone has floppy hats. The sun's hitting just right. Almost vanilla skies. That's Camden, Maine. I've yes. never been to a place that... that summed up the Victorian era paintings and that was it the people rude yeah they were rude <laughs> the food fantastic oh yes we were not vegan at the time remember that breakfast place we were in yeah in the uh and we sat outside ocean view delicious food very decently priced yeah. Nothing seemed too expensive. And the people at the state park were fantastic. Oh my God. As soon as we got there, the people that work at the state park was like, can I come and check out your bus? Let me see your bus. Wow, this is so cool. And we had family come and pick us up at the camp. At the campsite. And they made exceptions to allow them to come and go without needing a pass because we were the people in the bus. Yeah, they were like, oh, you guys are with the people in the bus? That's cool. Go ahead. And... Everybody was very nice at the campground. 
So it's, it's one of those places that if you just want to be somewhere beautiful, nice weather, you have views of all sorts of things, you know, woods and ocean and just everything. But you also want a place that's steeped in history. Of course, pretty much the entire Northeast is that way, but there is a ton of history in Camden. And while it was our first primary destination, it, it ended up being one of the most fantastic places that we had visited along our entire journey. And for sure, it's a place that I would love to visit again. From there, we had a bunch of other states. We had a bunch of highs and lows. We had ups and downs. We had some pretty fantastic overnights, uh, pretty much every southern and southwestern state that you could, uh, that you could visit. But there were a couple of places that stuck out as well, thus the theme of this. And one of them is a place that we didn't necessarily have the opportunity to stay overnight at. And it's one of those situations where we intend to do the research to find a place in the future that we can stay overnight. And that's Fossil Creek or Fossil Creek Falls, Arizona. It's funny because I remember uh, we were parked at Apache Junction mm -hmm. and I wanted to do something different. So I've been looking online like crazy, like I want to go somewhere. I don't know. I want to do something different. Chase wasn't very sure about it. He was like, oh, I don't know. What should we do? Blah, blah, blah. Finally, I convinced him. We took the dogs with us. We went on the Jeep in this day trip that I wish we had the bus and we took like a whole weekend. Oh, yeah. The drive-in is a little confusing. We got parked at what we had thought was the primary hike to the waterfall and we're met with signs that's like telling us how dangerous it is, the conditions, how many liters of water per person you should bring with you, and the fact that they have x amount of air rescues to get people off of this trail every year don't die yeah how much. many americans die on this hike it was like insane i was like am i sure it was I like 50 people a year or something absurd like that <laughs> so we turn around and we're like i think we're in the wrong place mind you i'm wearing rubber birkenstocks swim trunks <laughs> and, and carrying we, like literally just a camera bag and that's it and we had like one water bottle in Two sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. We're like, I don't think this is the right spot. We get back in the Jeep. Some people asked us for directions. I guess we look like we knew what we were doing. Which we didn't. We didn't. At all. We didn't even look the part. So that was kind of funny. And then we realized that while we had taken somewhat of the right road, the one and a half or two mile jaunt to where we should have been was permanently closed. I still don't understand why, but I think still to this day, it's permanently closed. We had to backtrack eight miles back into the city, take a completely different route. And that's where we found the access road. So you can imagine, I convinced Chase to take this day trip with me. Let's say a two hour drive turned into like six hours drive. <laughs> it was seriously a long, long drive. And he was like, I hope it's worth it. And what do you think now? We drove down this access road that was completely unmaintained. It was just washboard, big rocks everywhere, massive hillside that if, you know, you make the wrong move going down the road, you will go down. And then we get to a parking area. Oh, you forgot to mention too, we didn't have any signal. Oh yeah, no service whatsoever with our phones. So we had no idea if we were going to the actual real place. If you're going to be traveling, do this. This is a huge tip. 
any area that you're going to be in for a while or that you're heading to, go ahead and save the offline maps in Google Maps. That way, if you, for some reason, do not have any access to a wireless network, you will still have the fully loaded map, which is great. And I had done that beforehand, so we at least knew the GPS was going to be taking us to the area that we put in, but we weren't sure it was the right spot. So after driving down an unmaintained road for, I think that drive was almost an hour. It was only like eight or nine miles, but it took us so long because we couldn't because we couldn't drive above like 15 or 20 miles an hour. Do you remember like how crazy and curvy was? Yeah, it was nuts. It was scary. I'm a scared of heights, and I was like, oh, of course, in the passenger side, and that's where the wash was, remember? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, and Chase is taking these turns, and I'm like, slow down. We get parked, we get the dogs out, and then for like another 35 minutes, we're like hiking down by the creek side, hoping to find the main trail in, to no avail. Yes, that was not the trail. No, we walked down, we walked back to the car, we walked down again, we walked back to the car. And at this point, I think we were both getting mildly frustrated. It's probably three o'clock now, maybe later. And mind you, we had left at like five in the morning. So we'd been gone for a long, long time. And we still weren't even on the trailhead. Finally, we found the trailhead and we started going up this path. And that's when the environment changed completely. We were no longer in Arizona. We were in the Garden of Eden. Yes, it was like so much green and like little creatures everywhere. The wildlife was so abundant. Birds and lizards, and I'm sure there were tons of snakes around this. But let me try and describe this in a way that makes sense. In Arizona, you don't find a lot of water. And when you do, the water tends to be about the color of the ground. Mud. We come up to this river, the falls, the creek, whatever you want to call it, and the water is the most beautiful light blue that I have ever seen anywhere. Yes, it was really nice, and the dogs were loving it. Funny enough, there was quite a bit of cars in the parking lot, but not a lot of people on the trail. Yeah, we passed maybe one other couple on the trail. And then we continued going up and up and up, and finally we heard some voices. So we knew we must have been close. When we arrived, it was this beautiful fall that it was like surrounded by greenery and like people jumping. Jake, by the way, hates bath. And he jumped into the water. You remember how he much could fun he had? He could not wait to get in the water. There was a big, like, puddle, if you will. It wasn't much bigger than a puddle. But he kept jumping in and completely laying his, his body and his belly in the water. And then he would jump out and shake. And then he would loop around and jump right back in. And we were all just having a blast. By this time, though, the sun was already well beyond high noon. It's yeah. it's maybe 4, 4.30. And... For me, the water was getting a little too cold. So, of course, like typical Chase, he took another hour to just put his feet inside the water. (laughs) But what's amazing about Fossil Creek and Fossil Creek Falls is, is not just the waterfall, the hike in, the hike out, but there's so many things around the town of Strawberry. So there are some hot springs, which we didn't get to experience, 
But on our drive there, we had one of the most amazing drives with friends that we had met actually there on a whim in search of the hot springs. And we saw quite possibly the most breathtaking sunset that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes, that was truthfully a magical trip. Like everything about it. I know we started a little rough, but as soon as we got to this place, it was like we were in a movie. No doubt about it. Everything about it was picturesque. It was cinematic. It was a really great time. And I think even given the fact that the only thing that worked out about the trip is we eventually made it to the falls. It was one of the most breathtaking places that we had visited. And it made its its way to the top of our list of we have to go back. And another thing I feel like that I really enjoy about that day, and I know I just mentioned kind of like complaining about it that we didn't have signal, but it truly made you be present at the moment and take in everything around you. I didn't think about, oh, I need to like text my friend or like let my family know that we're fine. They knew that we were fine, but I forgot about my phone and I just enjoy the whole thing. We actually made it to the hot springs. We talked to some people who were staying near the hot springs. And once you get to the area that you can hike in, it's quite the hike. I think he he explained that it's like an additional mile hike just to get to the hot springs completely worth it if you're willing to make it but the sun had already gone down and the river arizona had gotten so much rain while we were out there remember we bring the rainy weather with us that the water i guess the water table and the amount of water that was flowing through that river was the equivalent of certain parts of the colorado river which means that if we had gone through it the water would have been up to our shoulders. Yes. And he was like, and you guys are with two dogs. You will have to like hold your dogs. And above, your gear. Yeah, above your head. And Chase is not a big fan of cold water. Imagine carrying a big camera bag above his head and Jake, probably. It just wasn't going to work out. So we were not able to enjoy the hot springs. But for sure, it's another place that it's again in our travel list the drive-in made up for everything and the experience at the falls was equally as impressive so we take a quick trip into southern california near imperial which is a weather-beaten desolate place this is truthfully the best kept secret that we are about to share with you everything from the people that you may meet there to the place itself. The drive into Southern California is one that brings back memories of 1950s and 60s road trips through Route 66, the big American lead sleds and the top down with the scarf flowing in the wind. It's pretty much everything that you'd imagine, only there's nothing there. You have a tumbleweed every so often. (laughs) Gas stops are very infrequent and Well, if you're looking for any sign of civilization, look elsewhere. We took a road trip from San Diego, California, all the way to the hot springs. And oh boy, we did not know what we were getting ourselves into. I must be sheltered or naive, but I didn't know that hot springs were hotbeds for nudists. (laughs) Ah. I guess I just haven't lived 
I didn't know either though. We arrived to this destination, which if you're in a van, a camper or a bus, I believe you can park there. Oh, you totally can. There's BLM very, very close by. Don't share the rumors, but you totally can stay there for free. And if you go there, just respect the area. That's all we ask. Well, also be careful. We have some friends that got stuck around there. So make sure it hasn't been rainy. Or that you just don't go too far off the, the path because there's a lot of sand. We ride with our friend Aubrey and her Toyota Dolphin to the hot springs. We decided to make a day trip out of it. We brought the dogs, we brought our bathing suits, we brought our camera gear, and we're just ready to make a fun film out of it, right? And as soon as we get there, we see there's some people in the hot spring and we just take our cameras out and start showing around. And while I'm filming, I catch something in the viewfinder that, well, I wasn't sure the person wanted me to catch, and I wasn't sure I wanted to see. It's a butt-naked, older white male. I wish you saw Chase's face. I was just facing Chase, and this naked person was behind me, which I didn't see. And I just saw Chase's face change completely, and I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> and here I am trying to be inconspicuous and I'm like I'll tell you later I'll tell you later and if you know anything about Muriel's A and I and it's not just you it's me as well if someone is trying to divert attention away from something it makes us louder but like, what tell are you me talking about? <laughs> tell me what is it and we keep pressing the issue we do it to each other all of the time it's annoying it is annoying <laughs> you think after six years we would know like if if one of us says shut up for a second i'll tell you in a second that we'll we'll talk about it later but no it's just tell me now <laughs> so <laughs> the problem is that we both have pretty bad memory so probably if we just leave it for later we both forget what we were saying <laughs> that's true stop calling me out like that <laughs> that's when we realized well you're not really expected to wear clothes here and so the guy walks up to us and he's super nice about everything. He put a towel on to approach us and, and said, hey, you know, I just want to let you guys know if this is your first time here, this is kind of how things go. You're welcome to be completely naked if you want. No one's judgy. Clothing is allowed. Yeah, clothing is allowed. It's optional as well. And <laughs> uh, just come on, hang out. We're, we're here to have a good time. And he made it so calm that we were like, yeah, okay, cool. With clothes on. <laughs> yes, we, we were the only people with swimsuits on. And we get there, there was ha like about how many people would you say? When we first showed up, there were maybe 15 people in the water. And then as soon as we got in... There were maybe five. Yes, I think that's the right number. Yeah. Funny enough, everybody was quite old. Yep, that's <laughs> another thing I didn't realize about Hot Springs, that uh, usually it's the older generation. That, uh, that visits them, and there's nothing wrong with that. We had a hell of a conversation and a hell of a good time with all of these old people. Funny, uh, Aubrey, Chase, and I were sitting like kind of away from everybody else because, you know, we wanted to respect their space. They were there before us. We were just trying to be nice, but the water was a little cold. And maybe it was obvious. I don't know, because my nipples were above water. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe I was a little chilly. And it wasn't necessarily the hottest day in Southern California either. And this one old guy by the name of Eddie, which he introduces himself as, invites us to get closer to the pole. 
What is the pole, you might ask? He was in the middle of the hot spring with a pole around his legs. Well, his legs around the pole. Yes. <laughs> and he said, "Come closer over here. Put your hand in the pole." And we're just like thinking to ourselves, "This is how murder movies start." But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we get closer, and he said, "Put your legs close to mine." He says. Put your knees close to mine. Don't worry, I don't bite. And we're like, yeah, all right, cool. And then he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop the bubbles because there were bubbles coming out of this pipe in the middle of the hot springs. I'm gonna stop the bubbles, and as soon as you start to feel the air coming up under your legs, push your toes as far down as you can. Kind of like bury yourself. Yeah. And we're like, this is." Definitely, how those Southern California murder movies start. But we did it anyway. It didn't disappoint. It was fun. The sand immediately locks your legs in, and then you realize that it's much warmer right at the center of the hot spring. So we spend pretty much all of our day there, just talking to the five guys in the hot springs, and one by one, well, it's time for me to go. What's I gotta get back to the house? Whatever. And they dry off, get in their truck, nothing but a towel, and drive away. And then we just stay with Eddie. Find out a lot of things about Eddie. He actually is a caretaker for these hot springs. And he's been taking care of the area for fifty or sixty years. He said. I don't remember the exact number. It was a long time. He was such a nice guy. He just truly loves and respects this area. Yes, Eddie's a funny guy as well, and he likes dogs. He got out at a certain point, shortly before we were ready to leave. Anyway, Aubrey's dog Ike is at this point really wanting to get into the water. He's a water dog for sure. Yes, and Eddie looks at Ike, stands up out of the hot springs. I'm in the hot springs at this point by myself. Rose and Aubrey are sitting on a bench, facing me, and now facing Eddie. And Eddie is naked, and he looks at Ike and he says, "If you can shake to dry off, so can I." So you could imagine what my and Aubrey's eyes saw. And I'll just let you know, what I saw was a very tanned, wrinkly behind twerking, pretty much, for lack of better words. Ike's head was doing a helicopter circle like- up. And down and up and down, and Marose and Aubrey were in shock. <laughs> Do you know when you're trying to act like nothing is happening? It's completely normal. And we both are like just like staring like to a blind point, just like there. <laughs> that was that point. Hi, what a great day! So to sum the entire trip up, it is a hidden gem in the middle of the desert. Likely you will find Eddie there. I hope he's still in good health and still taking care of this beautiful place. And I promise, even though Eddie's naked, by the time you're finished having a conversation with him and you're about to part ways, you'll really want to give him a hug. <laughs> uh, I hope you even get to try these hot springs with swimsuit on or without swimsuit on. It's your call. You can bring your own drinks as well. They have a floating. Table, yeah, for your beverages. <laughs> so keep that in mind. This place is—they've thought of it all. If you really want to have just like a getaway day and enjoy with a bunch of random, cool 
naked people, this is the place for you. Not far from Five Palms Hot Springs is one of the most interesting, underrated, and the most fabled places that I had always wanted to visit from the moment I found out about it. I never heard about it before until we started getting on the road. And when I was 12, I saw a thing on YouTube about it and immediately knew I had to spend time there at some point. And this place is called Slap City. Is this eccentric place? It's a lot of things in one. So Slap City has a terrible reputation of being a refuge for the addicted, the burnout, the dropout, the homeless, the I have nowhere else to go. That's what, on the surface, you're told. And this is our own opinion of the place. We absolutely loved it. We enjoy every single aspect of it because it was like pure art. I couldn't have said it better. It truly is pure art. It's a lot of things wrapped in one. Slab City itself is located just outside of Nyland, California. It's a tiny little subsect of a city, due east, I believe, from the Salton Sea, which... It's another place Chase would love to go and visit. Absolutely. But it used to be an old military installation. There were missile launch pads and whatever. And when the government left, it essentially gave that land back to California. And they didn't want to do anything with it. It was one of those situations where California said, there's too much junk there. We don't want to clean it up. And then the drifters said, wow, there's a lot of junk here that we can build things with. Let's come here. And what's great about Slab City is most of the places, because of the slabs, are very level. So they're great for parking caravans and vehicles and all sorts of makeshift little buildings out of. And there are tons of them. The first place we visit in Slap City was Salvation Mountain. And Salvation Mountain was the vision from God given to a man to build a mountain out of whatever he could and to paint it, to spread the word of God. And what God was for him is God is love. It's a very simple message. He had tried many other things before that. He wanted a blimp. Uh, that had the simple message of God is love that he could fly from, or not a blimp, I'm sorry, a hot air balloon, that he could fly from place to place and go and talk to congregations about what God is. And back at the time, everyone said, no one will understand a message as simple as God is love. Nobody. My church won't understand it. Your church won't understand it. There's got to be more to it. So this guy pretty much wasn't, how would you call it, outsider? He was totally an outsider. He was a misfit in his own community. All he wanted pretty much was to share love. That's it. Yeah, he wanted to share love. He wanted to share the message of love. And he wanted to share what God was to him and that it was love. It was love and true acceptance for everybody. He had a vision that God told him to go to this place and to build this mountain. And if he started to build it, the supplies would come that he, you know, at the very beginning, he would have to put his own effort and his own savings and his own money into building this. But at a certain point, he would have more materials than he knew what to do with. And that's exactly what happened. Out of nowhere, these huge mountains are coming together. People wanted to come and help, even until this day. He was getting paint donated from all over the place and people willing to help him paint and and from satellites from space you can see salvation mountain and you can read very clearly 
the simple message that he wanted to share. God is love. So that's what you're welcomed with when you first come into Slap City. And then from there, there are two communities. You have East Jesus, which is primarily an arts uh, installation. And you have West Satan, which we didn't necessarily get the opportunity to explore. From many parts of Slab City, you see the mountains, you see the desert, but you also see the glimmer of the Salton Sea. So I think while Slab City is completely misunderstood, and I truly believe that's what it is, you have to go with an open mind to see the beauty that is there. And some people refer to it as the last free place on earth, or at least in the United States. From a day visiting there, I believe it. Yes. We came in with like some drinks and things to give to the people that live in Slap City. And we were welcomed so nicely by, what's his name? Mopar, or the wizard, depending on how you get him that day. He's one of two people. And he did this amazing tour for us, show us around uh, East Jesus, and he was so nice. It's just like how Chase just mentioned, you just have to go open mind and expect nothing from it. And it doesn't hurt to visit the place with the mindset that you're visiting someone's home. Like the entire area of Slap City is a community and they're there for their own reasons, every individual person. So when you show up, be very mindful that you're just by being there, you're walking in someone else's community. While you're welcome, it's just like any other community, tread lightly. And if you want to bring a gift, bring a gift. For us, that was an 18 case of Coors as a welcome gift because, well, supplies are not the easiest to get your hands on. Who doesn't like a nice, cold, refreshing Coors? When it was so hot that day, remember? I truly believe that if you decide to take a chance and visit Slab City, how we mentioned before, with go with an open mind, Make your own decision. But I think it's an experience that everybody should live. I agree. They should experience it. Because it's something completely different than what we're used to. It'll take you outside of your... Comfort zone. And I think it's one of those places that you should be outside of your comfort zone in. To truly accept it and understand it. Very cool place to take pictures too, though. Leaving Slab City... We go back into Arizona. Are you catching a theme here? We really like California and Arizona. I love Arizona. So let's take a trip just south of Tucson and Vail, Arizona. You go up through a mountain range and then you come out of that mountain range completely transported into an area that you wouldn't imagine to be the desert. Before you arrive, remember that little area to our right? That little side table or something like that? <laughs> There's a sign that says picnic table. And there's one table in the middle of nowhere. It's literally a government sign that's like pointing picnic table. And there's one picnic table on the side of the road. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) We go through one border patrol checkpoint. And then there is a national conservation area called La Cienega. We never have very high expectations of places. We do some research, but like we kind of live it up to what's going to happen next. Yeah, absolutely. And we had had scoped this place out and then I looked at it from Google Maps. Just looking at it on Google satellite view, it looked like we were in the middle of 
the desert, literally. There was no major land formations. There was nothing that appeared to be beautiful at all. And when we showed up, we were trying to catch our breath. Truthfully, I think these... It's fighting for my number one favorite place in the whole list. I couldn't agree more. When you show up, you notice, I, I guess the first thing you notice if you have a keen eye would be the color of the soil. It has like these gray kind of silver grass all over. And the soil is this burgundy brown, completely different than any other area that we had been in Arizona. And come to find out, you're literally sitting in Arizona wine country. Like, the soil is the best for growing the, the grapes needed for wine out of the entire state. And if you continue looking around a little bit more, you will see everything looks pretty much like desert. But then there's a little path full of green trees all over. So that leads you to... to assume one thing and one thing only that there's a major water source somewhere nearby and it follows just as far as you can see well there is there's like a creek or a river or something a pretty substantial size that runs through this area the area in in, in la cienegas is um, a historic ranch it's called empire ranch and it's the oldest still operating ranch i think in the united states i could be wrong but it's since been turned into one a historic marker but two a wildlife conservation area and there's blm land there so you can stay for up to 14 days at a time one of the most important things about this place i think is that you have access to free water, you have access to bathrooms as well if you need it, but it is completely surrounded by mountain ranges. You are positioned very close distance to Tucson, to Vail, to Tombstone, and to Bisbee, which are all great destinations if you wanted to visit and get completely differing views of what Arizona is. And if you know me, one of my favorite things about this place was there was animals everywhere truthfully i was screaming the whole time there was pretty dogs cows everywhere we woke up one morning with maybe 35 or 40 cows right at the bus the dogs are going nuts and the cows are also curious like what's this huge thing over here <laughs> they're javelina which you don't really want to mess with javelina they're like wild pigs wild boar if you will in the south is i think what we would call them we saw some deers we saw a some wild turkeys yeah we saw several snakes none venomous it was just paradise we think we may have seen an alien maybe maybe for sure yeah, it was just floating in the sky the area is it's magical it's beautiful and it almost looks otherworldly like Marose had said the grass is the silvery blue color and there's tons of it there are thousands literally thousands of trees but they're all black they have no leaves no no stickers no anything on them then we find out because there was a fire there was a fire that came through and they were afraid that it would decimate everything all the wildlife and everything and and it seems like everything has come back to life with the exception of the trees. So you have this red soil, these charred black trees. You have some uh, jumping cactus, the choyas, which those I don't think you can ever kill. And then the grasses and, and then off in the distance, green, 
as far as your eye can see. Also, the weather when we went was really good. It's a little bit higher elevation than, than other parts of the desert, so we didn't get nearly the extreme highs, and we had relatively cool nights, which was extremely enjoyable. And it was great too, because this was the type of area that we could let the dogs completely off leash and not have to worry about them. They were just so happy. And when we went, snakes were not out yet, until like the very last day we left. They were still in brumation, which is pretty much like hibernation because the the daytime temperatures were maybe in the low 70s, high 60s, and, and at the time of year we were there as well, it was fairly common for almost all snakes to still be brumating. So for sure, you have to be careful with snakes when you visit, but at that time of the year we went, it wasn't as prevalent as later on the summer probably. If you're looking for a place where you want to have pretty much everything, how Chase mentioned before, you have bathrooms, you have water to fill up your tank, you have beautiful place to park, you don't have a lot of people around you. You can see every star in the night sky without fail because everything that's within maybe 30 miles is very small, so there's virtually no light pollution. You must visit this place. And I think that pretty much wraps up our five places that we cannot wait to go back. I really want to know what some of your favorite places that you think we should visit are, because we're making a list of places that we want to visit soon and start traveling again full time, so we can share the goods with you again. So if you feel like sharing any of your responses, just reach us at our Instagram, send us a message, post a comment on some places that we should go, or send us an email, collab at toaventura.com. We'd love to hear it. Did you say our Instagram? At Tioventura Van. <laughs> Let us know what your favorite places are, or if you have visited any of these places, and we will be with you in our next episode next monday thanks for hanging out with us for another discussion another chat another little bit of story time we really enjoy these and we hope that you're getting as much out of it as we are putting into it we truly like the dialogue that we're able to to share with you because it is so completely different than some of the other platforms that that we're operating on so we really appreciate you spending your time with us and we'll see you in the next one mm -hmm.